Welcome to Just My Forte with Ben Everson. We're glad to have you along. Take my life completely. Take this heart of mine. Bless I could not offer for love so great as thine. Not a part would I withhold, but all I give to Welcome to the podcast. Ben Everson here. Thank you for joining me. And uh, I've got a real treat in store for you. At least it is for me, for sure, because I am sitting with uh, Peter Wright. And uh, if uh, you don't know that name, many of you probably do. But for me, Peter Wright is synonymous with the Outreach Quartet from a few years ago. But thank you for taking time to do this interview. I appreciate it. Happy to do it. Wonderful. Great talking quartet music. Hey, there's nothing like men's quartet. Now, ladies, please don't be offended uh, at all, but there's something about men's quartets and guys' groups that just, I don't know, there's something about the harmonies and the sounds. But, uh, well, I want to dive right in and ask you about how the Outreach Quartet got started. Okay. Well, let me go back to my love for quartet music. Um, As a kid, I have two brothers and my dad. And uh, they sing. And I, I remember one day, um, one evening, I think I was probably second or third grade. They, Dad was like, okay, boys, come over here. Come over here. Peter, you too. And uh, he said, and he pulled out the old Singspiration Quartet book. Oh, yeah. And um, it was, I think, maybe face to face with Christ my Savior. And he said, okay, you sing this, Jim, you sing bass. And put me on tenor, of course, because I'm in second grade. And we tried to sing a little bit and we, we sang a little bit and we got to one chord we just couldn't get. Right. And we tried it over and over. And he said, okay, let's stop. Everybody hit the notes. And then we started singing and we held the chord and we all went, oh, yes. that is cool. <laughs> and at that point, we all just kind of smiled at each other and went, oh, and we started singing. So really That's started cool. singing with the family. We sang at my sister's wedding. And to this day, we uh, actually just did a concert a couple weeks ago, a barbershop concert. And um, my dad no is kidding. 87, and he's still singing lead. How and, about that? Uh, I did not time. know any of this, of course. Oh, I, yeah. So how many brothers are there of you? And uh, There are just two brothers. John's okay. the baritone, and Jim's the bass, dad's the lead. And I got stuck with tenor, even yeah. though I'm now a bass. i uh, <laughs> got to sing barbershop. You go up yeah. nice and high. So oh, yeah. Full set of words. Oh, right. man. <laughs> Well, that is cool. I I remember um, we were at Huckleberry Railroad. I was already singing into cassettes and stuff, but, you know, just doing little things. But I remember hearing a live quartet and I could hear it. It was some kind of July 4th thing or something, but I think I was sixth grade perhaps. And I remember hearing other people thought it was a recording, but there's something about it the immediacy of it or something that that's not a recording. And so my grandparents are following me around Huckleberry railroad, uh, over in Michigan, as I'm leading them, what they thought was probably a wild goose chase. Well, come to find out there was a society quartet Oh wow! that okay. had, you know, was doing stuff, but they were just on, they were, ha- they were on a break. 
And, but they were still singing yeah. <laughs> and I heard that and they let me sit in with them. And as a kid, I got to sing lead. They did amazing grace, right? Now hold the tag at the end. I'm like, what's the tag? <laughs> right? Okay. Just hold the note really long. And then they did all the stuff. And then man, I was hooked. Oh yeah. So That's those, great. those chords, if you've never a friend, if you're listening, you've never had that opportunity to sing just good old fashioned harmony barbershop or otherwise, you'll get hooked on it real quick. So, okay, so that's second grade and, and a little bit of background there. Yeah, so a little bit in high school with a couple of guys. Uh, my brother John is big into quartet, and um, so he was in Spebsqua for a little while, and um, he would, you know, when we would be standing at a, a line in an amusement park, he would say, okay, you sing this, and you sing this, and you sing this, and by the time we get to the front, we would try to sing it for the lady getting us on the ride or something. <laughs> and uh, so it's, when I got to college, uh, just found some guys that wanted to sing, and and initially we were uh, we we did brass too, um, and that's a whole other story. We'll do yes, talk about other yes. But um, and we started singing. We had a different tenor at the time and a different bass at the time. Okay. And guys jockeyed around. About the junior year, we would go out and sing for banquets because there's a time during the school year when the school groups from the last year are done. Right. And the new groups aren't ready yet, and so they always needed right. some music in there. And so mm-hmm. we would go sing for banquets and things like that. And then about our senior year, um, now that we're almost done, uh, somebody mentioned, well, why don't, why don't you do a recording? A guy actually came to us and said, hey, listen, I'll put up a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And um, we all looked at each other and said, well, okay. Wow, let's hey. try. So we went in a studio and uh, first time we'd ever really heard reverb. We were just like, oh, oh this yeah. is amazing. And then we, uh, we, we sang it once and then we... We called it double dubbing. It's not, but you sing with yourself again. Yeah. We just all went, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> and uh, so we had some real fun in that first recording. And then we graduated and uh, just kept getting together every couple years and singing. And, and I'm interrupting you, and I apologize for that. But just so you know, what you were calling double uh, dubbing in those days was actually when I you introduced me to it oh. on that first recording. I'm like, Oh, they just doubled their voices. Now I was listening to it without realizing it because King singers and other people had already done that. But your recording, um, was it, it was help me to be holy on the first one. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the, and you go up a half step or a full step or whatever it is. And then the other set of voices come in and it was double power and double blend. Yeah. Just great. Okay. We're nerding out here, folks. Yeah, Sorry, that's right. but it's and great. We soaked everything in reverb. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I interrupted you though. So you did that first recording. Yeah. And, and then, then, so every couple of years we would, um, I would put together, uh, some songs. I would usually get 15 to 17 songs and I would record just like you do every part. And I would finally, after about a year or so of arranging, I would send them the book and the recording and wait. And usually the critiques would come back and there was some pretty harsh, you know, yeah, not, don't think so, Pete. And there were, there was, there was a song or two that I bring up every time and they go trying to pass it. Yeah. We're not going to do that one still. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so I thought that was really cool. I had one of the Romans road. It was all the Romans, King James Romans road. And, uh, but they just never, no, just just a little too cheesy. And it was a little cheesy in the middle. So, but, but 
out there somewhere. You know, people these days are all about, you know, restore the Snyder cut and this thing that never happened. And it's on the cutting room floor somewhere and all that. Those exist, though. In my voice, yes. Ah, they never say. And they're, are they in a vault somewhere that no one can uh, get no, access probably to? No, probably on an old hard drive somewhere. There we go. It's about to be archaic and go away. <laughs> <laughs> so arranging-wise, uh, uh, you were really the first arranger that I paid attention to. Uh, and then after you, then I started charting out barbershop arrangements by ear. And that's where really, really where I learned to start arranging. What's your arranging background? Because people can sing and do harmony and they never touch arranging. How'd you get into arranging music? You know, um, I, I wondered how you get to do that. And uh, yeah, I took some theory classes in college. I did yeah. major in music. And this is Maranatha. Uh, right, right, correct. Maranatha mm-hmm. Baptist Bible College at that time. Right. And I was a piano proficiency. And so, but uh, I couldn't, I, I loved the quartet sound, but the Singspirations and the barbershop had a certain sound, right. you know, uh, minor sevens, a lot of that. And there we were starting to experiment with major sevens oh, and things my. like that. So oh, the goodness. cutting edge. And <laughs> so when I would, I would, I would say where I can't find this stuff. And uh, there were some other acapella groups doing some really cool stuff that weren't sure. really in our circles, but right. really some neat things. And so I, I began experimenting with it and just trying it. And so to say, how did you learn that? You know, you just do it. And <laughs> yeah. you say, that didn't work. That yep. didn't work. That yeah. didn't, oh, now listen to that. There. You get ideas and you say, I need to use that somewhere. Glory, praise, and great adoration to our Lord and Savior on high. For He has provided salvation. Praise to the Lamb who would die. Praise to the Lamb who would die. Hallelujah, great jubilation. Hallelujah, joy without end. Nevermore to face condemnation. He is our Savior and friend. Giving us life without end. Glory to God. To be honest, um, some of our tags at the end of our outreach songs are things from even barbershop. I mean, there's one uh, for the sun tones sing, uh, yeah. Where is Love? And uh, it's exactly in yeah. the very end. The very end, I put that very same tag on one of our hymn arrangements. Yeah. And it just it's worked very nicely. Fits but, right so in. There's nothing new under the sun. But uh, Meeting in the Air is a classic. And uh, a lot of guys even use that for Christian school uh, competitions and such. I know my my brothers have done that one for Christian school competitions. You're looking for songs, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm guessing at least in the early days, you're looking for songs that don't have a bunch of copyright issues. Right. You know, so that you don't have to worry about, okay, who do I pay for this and what? That was big, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier now. Yeah, right. You know, Harry Fox, just pay it. Yeah, and even, are you familiar with Mm, easysonglicensing.com? They even are a step beyond that. You just tell them the song and who did it. They take care of everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, they write the letter, they oh, send man. it, they track it, all that stuff. It's great. You know, and that took a lot of time. I, yeah. I, we did Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. Yes. And I couldn't find, I found the guy that uh, had it copyrighted, and he had passed away, and his grandson sent me a letter granting me permission to use yeah. the song. It was just amazing, I thought. There was some really neat stuff that came from that huh. research. 
and uh, he said my that. grandfather you know loved m- m- music and he would be he would love to hear what you're doing with it right now and uh, so some neat stuff so yeah there, it's a lot easier now but we maybe miss some of the cool research you uncover when you when you do stuff like that you know speaking of modern day and recording and such do you miss analog I mean, I'll be the first to admit there's certain things about just seeing the tape run, Yeah, you know, that, that just is, is special. It's like, oh, we're doing something here. That hiss, that yes. little hiss <laughs> in the background of the tape. Um, right. And wah, 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 turning the reel to get to the spot where you can actually cut it and paste a, a piece of tape on there yes. and actually splice it. Uh, no, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part that we don't miss it. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I remember the first reverb that I used... Um, really wasn't that I was able to to really mess with wasn't actually reverb it's technically echo and it was using and this is really going to nerd out on you folks but on a reel to reel there's a different there's a distance between the record head and the play head and so you can utilize that difference and actually play back something you just recorded a half a second earlier and it gives you kind of this slap back effect hey hey how how you know no, I don't. I can't even talk when I do it. But that was the first that I ever played around with. And so when you're talking about having that reverb on things, that was just luxury yeah, to, right. to just drench it in that. Right. And actually, the guy that did our last uh, engineered our last three or four recordings, he would just kind of make fun of us because he w- he liked everything dry. And so yeah. he's like, "Oh, you want some more sauce, don't you?" Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to say that reverb covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> it really does. Yep. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we will nerd out a little bit more on some music stuff. But after that, have no fear. We'll get to some other things as well. But uh, you got to forgive me uh, because uh, I grew up listening to Outreach Quartet, arrangements of Peter Wright. We'll be back with him in just a moment. There is going to be a meeting in the air in the sweet, sweet by and by. I am going to meet you, greet you over there in that land beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ears, will be glorious when we are there. We are not alone, we are not alone, we are not alone, God is with us, we are not alone, we are not alone, we are not alone, God is with us, we are not alone, we are never alone, God is with us, we are not alone, we are never And we're back. We're sitting here with Peter Wright, and I do want to make mention of the fact that he is at Maranatha Baptist University, and I actually spent some time there myself a little bit after you, but had wonderful experiences there, and in fact, Dr. Budall is here on campus. We're actually at Camp Chatech in Chatech, Wisconsin. You're listening to this later, but this is back in the summer when we were together here at family camp, and uh, so Dr. Budall, um, I mean, he was at Maranatha for like a hundred years, yeah, right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's neat to see him. Uh, but I want to turn a little bit uh, from the quartetting stuff to other music stuff. And I found out that, first of all, I need to mute my phone. So you know this is real. This is a real deal. It's my daughter texting me. Well, we're going to turn more to the instrumental side of things. I did not know until really this week. Maybe I knew it somewhere along the line. But I was reminded at least this week that you're a tubist. 
And uh, that's not a professional like um, in, inner tube rider on the <laughs> on the lake. Although maybe you are that too. I don't know. But uh, a tuba player. Yes. So what's how did you end up uh, playing heavy metal? Well, I tell you, I had, did not do any band or brass work in high school, and so when I got to college, I wanted to, I wanted to travel with a group, and so freshman year, I showed up the fall of 1985 and tried out for a, a group that was a brass group, as the piano player, and uh, they told me I made it, but I have to play a tuba. I never played a tuba, so I said, what do I do? So they gave me, Dr. Boodle gave me a book and the school tuba and said, go to town. And that was it. So How long are we talking? Uh, I had three months till we were out touring. <laughs> three so, months to learn the tuba. Okay. Now, you know, tuba, you can you don't have to have much of a lift to do it. So, But I started doing sit-ups, and, and I, again, I had no band experience. So I went to band. I audited it just so I could get used to what it's like. And I was lost. I, I, as a piano player, you never have rests where you count. <laughs> and right, so right. I'm sitting there. Unless I'm, you're, uh, I was the only tuba uh, in, the, in the band. And so I am totally lost. And so I would record with a tape cassette player. I would record the whole session and then take it back to a practice room and just try and stay with it. Wow. Th- these people would look at me like, where did you come from? Because I didn't know notations. And so I would see these symbols like dot slash dot. I didn't know what yeah. that meant. It had an eight above it. So I figured that's some fancy rest or something. And so Dr. Boodle stops the band one day and says, how come you're not playing? And I said, because I think I have eight rests here. And he said, those are repeat signs. Oh, and I wrote it down. And everybody turned around and looks at me and says, oh what is wrong? I was and skipping lines because I'm a piano player. I said, right. I read two lines at a time. Not now. I'm reading one. Did it make it more difficult the fact that you are a musician? I mean, you're you're a piano player and everything. So I mean, you uh, in your mind, you're thinking, okay, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm impressed. A lot of it. Now, obviously, counting and such was a lot more. I mean, because I had a piano bra- background, it was easier. But wow, <laughs> it was scary. And three months later, Doctor Boodle's, you know, Jesus loves me arrangement. There I was in the Patch the Pirate. Da 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 da. How about that? And, uh, I loved it. I mean, I fell in love with it. And even after college, I I didn't have a tuba. I couldn't afford one. So yeah, and they're hard um, to store. Yeah, right. You carry one around with so you. So a guy called me and said, "Hey, there's a junior high cleaning out their attic, and there's a sousaphone in there." Hmm. And I said, I'm there. I went and bought a mouthpiece, and I got a free sousaphone, and I'd play it at church, and half the church would laugh. (laughs) And uh, half the church would say, you just keep doing that. It sounds fine. Yeah, so I still have that big white elephant sousaphone. Yes, and and I was going to say, if you don't know what the difference between a sousaphone and a tuba, tell us about that. Well, basically, you play it the same, but one wraps around you, so you can march with it. You can walk around with it. Kind of hard to do that with a concert tuba, but right. concert tuba is a whole lot nicer to play. And then, you know, John Philip Sousa, of course, uh, the father of the march, uh, modern march and and um, uh, and such. So named after him and and uh, they're usually plastic, right? Yeah, this is a fiberglass. Fiber, nice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> nice and light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I played one in high school for a little bit and... Um, and we didn't march or anything, so it was just me in the back with a big sousaphone. I'm, I'm. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm drifting back in my mind here, which is a scary place to go, <laughs> boy. Well, 
Okay, so uh, you're you're quartetting, you're you're getting your degree at Maranatha, etc. Uh, I know you ended up. Um, you didn't stay at Maranatha. You're back at Maranatha now, but what? Where was the interim? Yeah, uh, after I graduated, I worked on staff for a year and a half okay. while my wife finished up. And then we got married and immediately went to Faith Baptist Church in Danville, Illinois, where we stayed for 21 years as a youth pastor and a music pastor there and uh, enjoyed those enjoyed those years immensely. And as I mute my phone, which so rudely interrupted, I apologize for that. Um, uh, who noticed who first? I like to ask that question as far as you and your wife back at college. Oh. Who noticed who first? Oh, I noticed her. Did you? Yes. I saw her one day standing there looking beautiful and so a couple weeks later i was up in the practice rooms at maranatha and i heard her playing she was a started as a music major i heard her playing a hayden sonata that i had played the year before Ah. so i got in the practice room next to her and started playing along oh nice and i heard her stop and then I walked over and said, hey, yeah. how you doing? Oh, that is good. <laughs> yes. That is good right yes. there. And she's oh, dated me anyway. So. anyway. <laughs> well, that brings back great memories when you talk about the practice uh, rooms up there with Old Main. If you've never been to Maranatha Baptist University, it's worth a visit. And, um, and good people there. And uh, uh, just classic I mean, that, that building there, eh, it's not supposed to be a Maranatha podcast, but you don't mind, oh, right? this is right? great. You yeah, don't mind? This is great. This is going out to everybody, right? Um, I consider myself a half alumnus, yeah, so sure. I didn't I didn't graduate from there, but my uh, the where I graduated from doesn't exist anymore. Okay. And so, you went to school with our CEO now, so that's good. That's right. I quartetted with Matt Davis. That's right. Yeah. So that's my claim to fame over there. But uh, now, you, you didn't go into, uh, you know, the Christian pop music scene. Um, is there any reason why not? Well, I, I would consider myself pretty conservative when it comes to music. Sure, yeah. And the reason is because I think music itself, some music, has a message yeah. without any words. And uh, so that's why I try to keep pretty careful uh, with the music that I use. And that. Um, so I went into youth pastoring. I love... <laughs> young people hmm. and uh, so and obviously get to do music at the at the church as well so yeah. I, I stayed with it in that in that realm quite a bit love doing choir and quartets and special music at, and at you the sung you sang we heard you and um, some of your family sing here just a couple nights ago mm-hmm. and uh, and such and and you don't have to answer this I can edit this out if necessary but how did you how did you teach your kids what music was good and what was Maybe not even wrong, but just inappropriate, et cetera. What were some things that you said? Yeah, I, you know, they did, they heard my philosophy several times when I would give it um, and teach about music. Yeah. Not only with the young people, but uh, at a, a couple other churches that I would go and talk to. And so, uh, you know, they caught where I stand musically there. And um, so, you know, others may, and I think, you know, there was a time when, conservative Christians kind of really ripped on anybody that didn't listen to the same type of music they did, right. thinking their motives were are wrong. And I, I come to find out that's not, you can't say that. Right. Um, right. There are some people that really love the Lord that wouldn't, I wouldn't use the kind of music that they listen to. Right. And yet, um, so I say, you know, others, that's between them and the Lord. But if I'm obviously using the illustration, if I'm driving down the road on the mountain, 
I kind of want to get further away from the edge. I don't want to get right. close to it. And so whether I'm in exactly the right spot, I want to err on the side of being careful when it comes to that. And that's and hence the word conservative. Uh, I like to think of the word conservative as cautious rather than preserving because there is a sense in which conservation. And so uh, that might be nitpicking to some people, but I don't really view it as trying to preserve the past. No, it's more about the idea of being cautious in what we and what we adopt and such. But what I like about what you're saying is clearly you have fun with music too. Oh, sure. You had uh, a fun time the other night. Uh, you've done, I did uh, uh, your 1800, uh, 18. Oh, the favorite number? <gasps> yeah. 19,022.9. Yeah, that's yes, it. Yeah. We were just singing it today on the cookout. Are yeah. you serious? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll put it in here. I'll, I'll insert it in after this break. Right. All right, because I have my version of it that I did. Yeah, I think there's like 20 voices. It's just four parts, but I like really overdubbed, and it's so reverb. You'll love it. Um, But you have fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll dig it. It's on it's on my computer. I'm sure. Oh yeah. So yeah. I uh, actually I write it. I try to write something fun for our group, uh, a group I have at school, which we sing a lot of outreach stuff. Yeah. But I try and write something fun for youth rally every year. So I've got about four or five things I've written in the last four or five years. And um, Old McDonald's Meets the Composers is one of them. Oh, uh, just man. Just a lot. They're actually on YouTube. Um, Christmas so there chopsticks. are Peter Wright uh, arrangements I have not yet experienced oh, yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, man. Okay. Fresh I got... off the press. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I got to get into this. We're going to take one more break. I'll be back with Peter Wright in just a moment. To you all, we're going to sing. Favorite number. Our favorite yeah. number. Don't you? Favorite. Isn't this our? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is our. Yeah. Favorite. Favorite. Definitely our favorite number. We're going to sing it now for you, okay? And we're back, and uh, I'm with uh, Peter Wright, and we're just talking about all kinds of things here. And uh, I, I guess it's not a sin to have fun. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about that before the break, having fun with music, of course, with his background, barber shopping, and and just uh, uh, having a good time with music. I think that's so important, and that's something I appreciate about my growing up years with my dad is because he became conservative while I was yet young, but I still remember his jazz rock years, barely. Uh, but then in the early eighties, he was becoming conservative and teaching us why I'm the oldest. So, uh, but what I liked about it was he could still have fun. He played for wedding receptions, you know, and he's playing like, uh, you know, the fight is on at the wedding reception, you know, things like that more than that. But I, that stuck out to me doing Kermit the Frog impressions yeah. and, you know, things. Uh, you know, I had a bride come to me. I played for their wedding and she yeah. told me, I want you to play. Take me out of the ball game as I go out. And really? I, yeah. And so I started 
as they pronounced them man and wife, I started with dun 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 dum 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 right and into they it. waltz right down the aisle yeah <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic she told me to so yeah yeah blame her <laughs> that's right it's on her <laughs> wow well uh that's that's really cool that um i, I appreciate the just the honesty and the straightforwardness i got distracted because someone's playing the piano which is not a problem at all if you're a listener regular listener of the podcast people interrupt come in drop off mail you know run their laundry vacuum the floor and it's not quite that bad but um we are in the campus of camp Shatek, and i want to give them a shout out as i do anywhere i record a podcast wonderful camp my first time experiencing it but you've been here for a few years how many years in a row have you been well here? we started as my folks came here before i was born so we wow. grew up coming here this is our 29th year in a row at family camp. Yeah, so, that's yeah. fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So family, let me ask you a question. Yeah, sure. Uh, how did you start singing with your family? Tell me about how that came about. Oh. Obviously, you've sung all these years. Sure, but yeah. When did you start saying, hey, let's let the family sing? Well, some people would ask when they were really young. And so a kind of boring part of the answer is that I started feeling pressure because <laughs> yeah, right. people were like, oh, when are you going to have your family sing with you? Yep. Like, Hmm, I got to get working on that. Yep. But then on the fun side of things, I started thinking, okay, these are, we only had two kids at the time. Miles was four and Elena was two. And we said, Hey, I wonder if they'd be able to handle a tune. Uh, and so we taught them trusty sword by Ron yeah. Hamilton. Come and see my trusty sword. Elena couldn't sing most of it, but she knew the line trusty sword. She called it, <laughs> she called it rusty sword, <laughs> right? R- rusty sword, you know, and miles would sing it out and we didn't use any accompaniment or anything. Cause I didn't know what key they would do it in, yeah. <laughs> but that's what started it. People loved it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. you're done singing. Exactly. But let them sing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we had them do Psalm 23, oh. you know, and it's on a recording somewhere. Uh, I have that recorded. Um, somewhere in the archives, it is. And then as they started getting older, then we just would uh, would start involving them a little bit, maybe one song. Mm. But we teach them through woodshedding, which is a barbershop terminology. And by the way, in the first segment, I forgot to touch on this. He said the word spebsqua. And if you don't know what spebsqua is or was, they've changed their name. Do you want to say it or sure. should I? We'll say it together. Society, Society for, for the Preservation and, and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing in America. In America. Or, Incorporated. Or the bar- some people, especially basses, should quit singing altogether. <laughs> yeah, right, <so. laughs> I hadn't heard that version. Oh, very nice. Very nice. They've now shortened their name to the Barbershop Harmony Society and moved from Kenosha, Wisconsin, down to Nashville, I think. But um, anyway, that's that's going back in time here a little bit. But yeah, uh, um, woodshedding, uh, I would record the parts kind of like you did for your quartet. And then, in fact, right now... Uh, this podcast will go out late enough that I can announce this now because nobody knows this just yet. I take that back. A few people do. But we are going to do a new Christmas album. So we haven't done one in about six years. And with Christmas, you can do things that are a little bit more fun and out of the box because it's not all sacred music. It's going to be a mix. But I have 
woodshedded some acapella music for them and did all the parts and they're supposed to be listening to it and studying it. And I have a, a suspicion <laughs> that we've gone a few weeks and they haven't been listening to it. So I got to get on to them about that. But that was a long answer to your short Oh, question. your family does that too. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, how many kids do you have? I have four kids. Okay. And the uh, same thing is true. I did a piano concert at my church every year. And uh, right before Thanksgiving. And one year, somebody, like you said, hey, why don't you have your girls sing? So yeah. I had two girls. And so from then on, it was, yeah, do a couple piano things, but make sure they sing. Yeah, that's so the important you part. can't make a monkey out of me and all those fun patch songs. Uh, many years of, of that. And so in the last probably 10 years, I did the same thing as you did. Make a recording for of each of the songs and yeah. give them the music and hope they can now when they're in college and stuff like that schedules get pretty tough but yeah. we still try to get it ready here's a fun one um who are some of your musical mentors or heroes that you looked up to we've heard patch the pirate mentioned mm-hmm. uh some here are there specific oh and you already mentioned your dad i mean introducing you to music are there mm-hmm. others that through the years maybe had an influence on you or you really liked yeah sure my dad uh, is big my uh, he just he loves music he plays the guitar just plays chords but um he has a love for music and so grew up he would sing lots of nights we'd gather around and sing um i'll tell you one ron hamilton obviously yeah one that was really big i don't know if you know this name but when i was about 10th grade i was in piano lessons and hated it and i was ready to quit i wanted to quit everybody else was out playing soccer i'm stuck in a piano bench (laughs) and um a guy came to our church and did a piano concert his name was rudy atwood Oh, man. And I saw what he did, and I said, that is awesome. How about if that? If I could do that, yeah, it would be cool. It so gave you hope. It did. It gave so you a target. He would be a hero yeah. of mine. And, yeah. um, so, and I heard him play a couple times through the years when I was in college. And then the, he used to do something called a songspiration, song fest, I think is what it was called. And he and Harold DeCoo... And Gordon Sears would go and they would do a singspiration at a, at a church and people would come from all over. Well, we came. They were doing one in Decatur and we came. So it was Rudy Atwood on the piano, Gordon Sears on the organ, oh. excuse me, on the leading the singing yeah. and Harold DeCou on the organ. And it was just, it was awesome. Two years later, they scheduled another one and Rudy Atwood passed away. Oh man. And they asked if I would come oh. and play for him oh. in a spot. And I was so. Did you get to do it? Did it happen? Yeah, I was excited, but I was scared stiff because I, I play mainly by ear. Yeah. And so he would just pick songs in the hymnal. Well, there's lots of songs I don't know in the hymnal. Right. So I went through the entire hymnal the month before and tried to brush up on every single song. And when so I they got, couldn't pull one out oh, on man. You. And I and I got you know I was scared stiff. I got there and Gordon Sears, who I didn't know at all, he looked at me and he said, "Now you watch me." He didn't say, hey, or how you doing, or thanks for... He said, you watch me. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, I just sat and played the hymns. But I was playing in Rudy Atwood's spot, so I didn't care. It was That great. is pretty cool. That <laughs> is was. pretty cool. I know the name Harold Deku. His arrangement, I think it was his arrangement of Ivory Palaces, 
uh, choral arrangement had, you could tell he was an organist yeah. mm-hmm. because just the chromatics and the, and the crunchy chords, you know, uh, in there was uh, a choral piece that my mom would pull out. Cause my mom right. was my choir director all growing up. Oh, is that right? Yeah. In oh, the church okay. choir and dad was a pianist yeah. and <laughs> such. And when he's saying, you watch me, well, folks, if you don't, if you don't know how important that is, the, the, uh, synchronization and just the communication between a pianist and a song leader. It's something that I think we're losing a little bit just in the, I understand, you know, we're, we're not against technology and things, but, but sometimes in the program stuff and the soundtracks and I use them, I use soundtracks, but we lose some of that immediacy you know, and that communication. And spontaneity. If you want to just hold a spot or do this yes. or that. Yep. <laughs> well, tonight I'm excited because uh, we get to do a little bit of a singspiration tonight. And I'm assuming you're going to be on the piano. Gotcha. And I'm going to, I get to lead it. All right. So uh, uh, I'm excited about that. So we'll, we'll have some fun with that this evening. But uh, yeah, Rudy Atwood. Wow. Any others that come to mind? Um, not I mean, that's a big one. Yeah, he was he was the guy that really obviously my piano teacher at Maranatha, David Ledgerwood. Well, I was going to um, mention his name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Mike James, Dave Ledgerwood. Uh, they were, um, you know, I, there were some lessons that were pretty rough, uh, but I was pretty rough. I, again, I don't read super well, and mm-hmm. so they, he obviously worked with me in a great way. And Doctor Budol in bringing me along on the tuba yeah. and being patient <laughs> with me, and uh, so yeah, Mrs. Cedarholm was another one that mm. as a choir director was. Um, I do, I direct a choir at Maranatha now and, um, just remembering some of the gestures and things she would do is inspirational and, uh, I wouldn't do everything the way she did, but, uh, some of the things are really, really a neat thing. Well, I've, I've seen on, um, live streams, uh, you directing some of the choirs and some of the groups or, or not live streams, but when people have posted videos and stuff and I see some Dr. Ledgerwood in, in what you're doing as well. I didn't have the privilege of knowing Mrs. Cedarholm. Um, uh, even though I went to Maranatha and such, and I'm familiar with her legacy, um, but I was in chamber singers with Dr. Ledgerwood. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, I know you, you, do some hijinks and such. Was it you? Okay. So I grew up thinking that my dad was the only one that played the piano upside down. And then I found out Dr. Ledgerwood did it. Uh-huh. Do you play the piano? Upside I have down? done it. Ah, all right. My, there we go. My specialty. It's an elite group <laughs> yes. of men. Yes. It's an elite society, the upside down <laughs> piano playing society. Okay. And right. trying to get the piano upside down is so difficult. <laughs> yeah, right. <'Cause> exactly. <laughs> uh, I do have a uniqueness though. And okay. your daughter saw it this morning. Ooh. Uh, I do play the piano with my nose. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One so song you don't just play by hand, ear. One song with the right hand and one song with the nose. Hey, All three I like songs that. Going. Yeah. That's fantastic. I expect to, uh, they'll be telling me about this in the evening recap. Maybe back so. in the cabin. Yeah. Make sure they add the piano, though. Okay. Because a lot of people just say, oh, there's the guy that plays with his nose. <laughs> plays the piano with his nose. Just make sure you put that in there. Okay. No, it happens. It happens often. And people standing around go, huh? <laughs> that's what goes on at that camp. Oh, man. That's funny. Yes. Oh. Well, let's see. Let's go back to our batch of questions here. We're, we're this is great. I, I love uh, talking with people and getting to know them like this. Um, how how about this? How about have your musical tastes changed in the last twenty years? Sure. Uh, yeah. Really, some of the acapella stuff that's out there right now, yeah, is amazing. And so, and I hop on Spotify and hear some things. Now, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that, even though there's no instruments in it, 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not real keen on it. Uh, they, they can do things with their voices instrumentally. Yes. Uh, but there's some just amazing things out there. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess whether they've changed, I would say they've kind of enhanced to hear some of the some of the things they can do vocally that I just think, wow. I mean, once yeah. in a while I would do a fifth part with Outreach yeah. and think that was cutting edge. Woo. Wow, we've got, like you do with orchestration voices and stuff, that's just, whew, well, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's a philosophy on 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 my acapella music that I do is that I want, I still want it to sound like if you got, even if you had to get 40 guys, you still could do it without studio enhancement. You could do it in, in a locker room where the reverb is great, you know, and we've all had bases that we're going to record that one tomorrow morning because (laughs) they get a much better sound down there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) We don't have to synthesize it. (laughs) That's right. That's true. That's very true. So how about one last question here? And that is, uh, what, what, what could we benefit from nowadays in church music? Um, needs that we have, things that we can improve on, um, uh, such like that. Does anything come to mind for you? Well, you know, ultimately, music is us singing to the Lord. And, you know, we want it, it's beautiful when it's done well. But I think that there's many people that just assume... Well, they do it well, so I don't need to. Ah. And really, everybody um, is commanded by God. We we all have the opportunity to praise our God yeah. in this amazing way. But there's so many people say, oh, I don't sing. Right. I, I get that. They don't like the sound of their voice. I don't like the sound of my voice. That's why I sing baritone. But, <laughs> but the Bible talks about making a joyful noise. Now, we ought to do our best. Right. We got to give it, give it the best. Of everything we do as heartily as to the Lord. Right. But if what I think sounds, what I sound like, doesn't sound good, that's okay. We still need to sing to the Lord. So in a church setting, um, I, you know, we need to be encouraged, everyone, to sing out. Hmm. And I know people who can't sing, but it's a blessing when I hear them. You know, I remember hmm. hearing some guys sing that couldn't sing. Yeah. Uh, there was this little guy, his name was Lester Roloff. Ever heard that name? <laughs> he ain't just like this. He ain't sing. But it was yeah. it was such a blessing yeah. when he would sing and right. try to sing. Um, and so, you know, I think that really getting everyone involved and whether it's, you know, words on a screen or whatever, how to teach. I don't know if we take enough time to teach people the yeah. song so that we can sing out. Now, that's hard because you're trying to teach new songs, you know, from right. time to time. But just getting everyone involved, not just having four or five people up front that do all the singing and everybody else is a spectator. Right. But everyone participating. I, I think that's something that we could, that we miss out, this tool that God has given us that we miss out on sometimes. Well, thank thank you so much. Yeah, thank uh, for you. For taking time. This is really, really cool. It is. And uh, how can I, when I interview someone, I, I ask um, if there's a website or I'm assuming it's going to be Maranatha related since uh, that's kind of the position you're in. But how can people get a hold of your music? How can they find out more about you and what you're about? Yeah, I just, just come and ask me. I guess. All right. Hey. Yeah. I mean, I've got a basement full of CDs if you still do CDs. Hey, that's uh, cool. That's I don't really necessarily have them online, but we have them at the Maranatha Bookstore. So mbu.edu and uh, go to the bookstore and and you can purchase some stuff there. Can the can it be shipped to them? It's shipped to them. them. Yeah, it's actually okay. Right so now, if they're in Florida or something mm-hmm. and they don't have the opportunity to like meet you, 
Right. They can go online. Sure. And they or can you find can email it. me and I'll be happy to send you whatever. All right. Excellent. And his email is tubaman7. No, <laughs> no. no, it's not. Peter.right at mbu.edu. <laughs> One of those edu addresses. That's right. Yes. Amen. I got a nickname. This is bonus content now. All right. I got a nickname because I was there at Maranatha when they introduced email. I think it's when they had a computer lab and they Pegasus mail. That's what it was. And, and it was so new to us when we were there, we would, I sat in the computer lab and would email the person next to me Yeah, because it was so cool. Right. Like, wow, I can do this. But they took our first initial of our first name and our last name and squunched them together. So my name was Beaverson. (laughs) So the whole time I was at at Maranatha and then I went on to, to Northland, they did the same thing. So it was Beaverson. And I got, that was my nickname all throughout high school or not high school college was Beaverson. So in fact, I have a pastor friend who his kid picked, they heard that and they were on a trip somewhere and there was a stuffed beaver in a gas station and they bought it and brought it home. And that's, that's Beaverson, Ben Beaverson. So I don't know why I'm telling you these things. After bonus, you, it's it's bonus, bonus content. Yeah, right. I mean, who, how else are you going to find out these wonderful tidbits of stuff? Anyway, that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to join us next month where I'll have another interview or talk about music or we'll do something else completely. Uh, and I do want to give a little bit of an advertisement here for our other podcast that is starting up. And that is the Ben and Amanda podcast. We are risking going on a podcast. It may only last a year, folks. Not us. Us, but the podcast, <laughs> we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. And if you've never met my wife, you'll, you'll enjoy hearing her. Uh, and uh, so you can join us on that podcast as well. But until next time, um, be blessed. Thank you for joining us today. Find out more at Ben's website, www.beneverson.com. We'll see you next time.